everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariana Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 66. Backpacking is a lot of work. It sure is. <laughs> Trust the Trail podcast is sponsored by audible.com. We partnered with audible.com because they agreed to give our listeners, you, a 30-day free trial on over 180,000 audiobooks and titles. Our listeners get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash trust the trail. Again, over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle. That's audibletrial.com forward slash trust the trail. So go get your free audiobook. On this episode, we share our tips for setting up camp after a long day of backpacking on the trail, what to do first and why it's so important. For some, whether it's a weekend backpacking trip or even a long distance journey, people can initially think backpacking is this magical walk in the woods, an escape from work, until realizing it's just a different kind of work. Also, we'll be giving shout outs to our Trust the Trail community who signed up this week on our Trust the Trail podcast community group on Facebook. If you want to hang with us, just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Trust the Trail podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. So I think probably uh, a, a super, I don't know if it was disappointing. I think it was a realization. Um when and i know you probably felt the reality. same a harsh reality <laughs> maybe something i wasn't even thinking about when i had planned my trek on the appalachian trail my through hike was that i woke up one day after you know packing unpacking packing unpacking packing unpacking set up the tent get the food blah 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 and i realized you know it's like going to work every day. You know, I got to do... Except you're, you know, switching oh, you out the of, briefcase for the backpack. <laughs> that's really all I thought, we, you know, really. Right. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, you get the, the beautiful scenery and the waterfalls and you get to meet the people and you're very nomadic and you feel that sense of freedom, yet... <laughs> it can get I've, monotonous. I felt a little like I was going to work. I think I actually said one time, you know, I, I think I want to call in sick. <laughs> You know, I just didn't know who to call. Yeah, there's no protocol for who to call out on the trail. The cool thing is I didn't really <laughs> care. I was like, I'm going to sleep in the shelter today. I'm not going to go hiking. Well, you see that all the time very out there. I had a very rebellious attitude. But that's really what it felt like. It, I think it felt like I was going to work. And, and I know you felt that way, too, when you did your 300 miles last year. It, it becomes a very... Some days you just struggle to want to do kind of what we call backpacking chores. You know, everybody yeah, knows them as backpacking chores. Yep. Um, and it's no different than the same monotonous tasks that you go through in everyday life where you're getting ready for work, you're getting home from work, you're prepping dinner, you're doing, you know, you're getting ready for your, you know, to, to, to you know, gather yourself for work the next day and go to bed and it becomes this routine while out on the trail you know the long term that you do stay out there especially on these long distance tracks it can become very much like okay well i have to I have to do all my chores i have to it's very routine. I have to do all these routines to get myself ready it's if you think about it there's a there's a sense of 
you know, you really are establishing your home. It's it's like you're you're establishing home without building a home, leaving well, a trace. And, you and, know, I mean, right. you are building a home out there, technically. Right, and when you do a long distance hike, like the, like the PCT or the AT, you're establishing uh, your home every day for six months again. You know, yep. every day. Yeah. And it's so funny because we I've I've actually had someone uh, tell me this. Uh, you know, I asked him, well, why, why are you going to go on a long distance backpacking trip? I just want to break out of the routine. Right. And I, <laughs> yeah, I feel you're, like you're telling them, even more of a, I just want to give them a, a different, routine. I just want to give them a big hug and say, <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Welcome to your new routine that you're going to be doing every day. Well, it's interesting. I, I don't know if you remember this, but you know, when we were kind of thinking about designing our trailer and it, are we going to have a bed that stays out all the time or are we going to have a fold up right. situation where we're going to undo it? it you know having that understanding from our backpacking um knowledge we didn't want to go through that regular routine right. of undoing it and making it back right. up and undoing it and making it back up and it, it, it calling falls under the same umbrella yeah, it, it really does. And, you know, surprisingly enough, even when we take new people out backpacking for a weekend, um, you know, I we get so much of, wow, this is a lot of work, you know. Um, you or know, like it takes a lot longer than I thought it, it would take. It does. It takes a is, lot longer than most people think about getting out there. I'm going to go backpacking for the weekend and I'm going to find this beautiful spot. But there's just a lot of work that goes involved. I mean, not every campsite is an Instagram moment, you know, so it, it <laughs> you does would like it to be. <laughs> we'd love it to be. But there, you know, there's there's I can't even tell you how many times I've camped in like a very un Instagram moment. I've had a camp like on an old gravel road before. I've yeah, had a camp yeah. at, you know, these old logging roads sometimes, you know, just trying to, you know, get to water or whatever. And you're just so tired. You just plop your tent every anywhere you can. Um, but there's certain things that you have to do. It's still the same set of rules no matter where you you set up camp, you know. Now, for car camping, that's one thing because you've got your car all ready to go. But when you're backpacking, it you know, no matter where you go, what campsite you go to, there's always, it's kind of like the same thing. Yeah. And you do get into a routine very quickly. Yeah. It's, it's very fun to watch. Um you know, when I was out on the AT watching these very novice like backpackers, you know, be so structured about how they did things. And I would run into them later on the trail, you know, a couple, you know, I would say a couple dozen miles up the trail and they've already fallen into, um, you know, a quicker routine, a more rhythmic routine that works for them. And it's funny how that adapts. Um, you know, whereas you're so methodical, like when I first started backpacking, <laughs> I'm kind of an organization freak. And I, when I first started, I unknowingly color coded. I have this, that photo from Isle Royale where I was color coding, you know, my clothes would go in this color bag and my, you know, all the, all my food and my water right. was blue and blah, right. blah, blah. And, you know, soon that went out the door, you know, yep. it's, it, it went out the door and it's just interesting to see, process and um the rhythmic routine that that people fall into well i think it all is based on too and we've talked about this many times um on our videos and in our podcasts is that it does become part of your lifestyle 
You know, I mean, you do get into this uh, routine that fits your lifestyle. Absolutely. You know, but there's still some things that, you know, you still have to kind of, you know, kind of kind of look for. I mean, um, and that's and we wanted to give you some tips because here's the thing, folks, is that, you know, when you're when you're trekking out in the wilderness um, and, you know, you've been backpacking all day, depending on where you are, what your environment is depending on what the weather situation is, um, you're probably kind of tired. Um, you're, you're looking forward to that epic camp area or that epic moment where you get to just relax and listen to the sounds of nature. You know, and that's why we're out there, right? Yeah. That's, that's why we do what we do. That's why we love the outdoors. Um, but there's some work <laughs> and there's some things you have to look out for. So most of the time people say, well, the first thing you do at, when you get to a campsite is that you got to set up your tent and then you got to do this. Well, yes, but there's well, also or. some <laughs> other things that you got to do yeah. first. And that's really what we want to kind of emphasize um, to you today is that there are certain things you got to do first. And the very first thing you do when you get off the trail and you say this is it man i'm gonna camp here tonight this is it the very first thing you do before you unpack any of your gear is you want to kind of look around the camp area and so hopefully there's going to be a fire an established fire in there because that's one of the principles of leave no trace and so you don't want to kind of create your own campsite hopefully you found one that's already been established but you want to look around. You want to give your area a really good, hearty look because you want to prevent from camping in, oh, I don't know, a flash flood area. <laughs> you know, kind of important. But most important, you want to look around to see if there's a lot of limbs or there's dead trees around and what's fallen on the ground. You know, what does the environment look like around in that area? Because I can guarantee you, campsites, they come and go. Uh, you know, the Smokies is notorious for having a campsite that's open one year, closed the next year due to bear activity. And well, we all know why there's bear activity in there. It's because someone has dumped food in the fire pit. So when you go to your camp area, kind of like look around. I mean, are there a lot of dead limbs, a lot of trees that are dead in the area? If you, if it looks like a tree debris area, that may not be a good area to pitch <laughs> a tent. So before you even do anything, look around you, the site have people gone there a lot is it a is it a heavily used site if it's a heavily used site the first thing i do is i look in the campfire yeah i look at who's dumped food how much food and has an animal already been in the food because if they've dumped food in that campfire and i already see teeth marks <laughs> I'm not staying at that campsite. We have I passed. don't care. I'm not <laughs> staying in there because you're basically just hanging out a sign, you know, Same. on your tent say bears welcome. Yeah. Wildlife welcome. Yeah, it's like a doormat. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're gonna they already know the food's there. They could care less you're there. You they know, don't they're not there to say hi to you. We have passed up so many beautiful sites just based on the fact that you know, in particular due to the weather, that site may not be the most you know, well-chosen site based on weather. I mean, you're looking at, you know, these high ledges, you know, if you have high winds for that night, if you have, you know, potential storms coming through, 
you want to look and protect yourself from those elements. And so the most idealistic, beautiful site, and we all have this like grand notion of what it's going to look like when we're out there. You know, you head out and you're like, oh, I'm just going to have this wonderful view and I'm going to camp over here and it's going to be beautiful and I'm going to get to see the peaks over here. But in reality, based on situation, weather, um, what your campsite looks like, um, taking into account all established sites may not be well suited for continual use. Yep. Um, You know, once you look at all that, you just want to make sure that that area is good to dump your bag and start taking the contents. Yeah, you. I mean, it, it's all about you know making sure that you know you're you're giving yourself better than average chances to make it through a bad night of weather. You know, so you want to look around. You just want to kind of like do a quick walk around your site, look at your surroundings, look at the area, um, you know, and 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 look at the plan. Okay, my tent looks like it might be good there. Okay, I got water over here. I've got some good trees down there to hang uh, my food bag. This looks like a pretty good. I don't see any garbage in the campfire. You know, if it does rain, let's see if I get, you know, five inches of rain, where's this water going to go? How's that water going to run off? You know, and uh, and we, we, we do have a lot of experience with picking some some not good sites. Uh, <laughs> More than I would like only, to Only admit. because, you know, like, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, you're, <laughs> you know you're tired you've been back especially in the summer when you're hot you're sticky you're you know you're or hot. or in the winter when you're fighting for right, right, you know, right. daylight and so or but but the thing is you have really nice weather during the day and you're like oh my god it's so beautiful i can't wait to see the stars until you hear the torrential rain start falling <laughs> down and you're like oh i probably should have pitched my tent in this ravine you know so right it's, which, <laughs> right <laughs> which speaking of i mean that is your next step you know pitching your tent yeah, so after you've walked around your, your you've site. You've decided that this site this is, is, is good to go. The first thing you do, get your shelter ready. Yeah, absolutely. Very important. So you pitch your tent. You get that ready. But r- before you do anything else, after you've pitched your tent, after you have your shelter built, the next thing right as you're sitting in, in front of your tent is get all your sleeping stuff out for the night. It's so important to get that sleeping bag out right away. Um, you have to loft that sleeping bag, especially if you have down. I mean, you know, when you have a down bag and you unpack it and then you jump right into it, you're not allowing the down to do its effective work by lofting itself with, you know, giving it a little bit of airflow, giving it time to for all the feathers inside to do their thing and work because these bags have already. And so a lot of times we'll hear you know, a newer backpacker say, well, my sleeping bag didn't quite keep me warm. It was supposed to be a 20 degree bag. And, and it was felt cold. like, yeah, it was freezing cold. And one of the very first things that we kind of look at is, well, how long did you let it loft? You right. know, how long did you let it sit? In 99% in? of the time, they say, I didn't. I took it on my bag. It was in my compression bag the whole time. I, when I took it out, I got right right into it. Well, that's why you're cold. So you turned your 20-degree bag really into about a 35 to 40-degree <laughs> bag by not letting it loft. That's the whole mechanical, mechanism, mechanical aspect of the down sleeping bag is that it, it has to loft in order for it to be effective. So you pitch your tent, get your sleeping stuff ready, blow your air mattress up, uh, your air pad, whatever you're going to sleep on, and get set up your inside of your your shelter because 
And the reason we say that is because you never know when a storm is going to come. I mean, listen, when it comes, it comes. The mountain <laughs> makes its own weather. And so you want to have your shelter that's dry. You want to have your stuff dry. You want to have it laid out. You know, you want to be prepared for the worst condition so you can jump in that shelter. Forget everything else. You got to have your shelter first. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, but um, <laughs> you were, I was over here thinking, I was remembering a story about, you know, pitching the tents in the most op- inopportune place. Oh yeah, we, you, we screwed. Oh yeah, we screwed up. We screwed up a few times. Oh, yeah, oh absolutely. Yeah, a few I thought more I was swimming few. one time. <laughs> I know. I think podcast listeners who've been with us for a while, they probably remember us sharing a story about uh, December um, in North Carolina, where we had kind of gotten there. It was. I think it was the day before Christmas. It was. We started the day. It was it was hailing out. Yeah. And our <laughs> dogs hated us. It was a miserable day. Yeah. I mean, it was hailing, <laughs> and our dogs looked at us like, "I hate you both." Uh, yeah. It was more than a hatred. It was oh, more like a, a yeah. misery. I'm right. plotting and planning for Absolutely. your death. <laughs> I'm going to put myself back into adoption. <laughs> and, and so you know, of course, Scott and I keep trudging down the trail, and we're like, "We've got this. Like this is this is our adventure," and. It just, it never lets up. Um, we had gotten there late. It was late in the day. I mean, we just didn't have much daylight to play around with. We get to our campsite and we're like, well, this is not the best campsite, but we were exhausted. We were tired. We made that, that we human didn't give, error. We didn't give ourselves time to look around. Exactly. And um, we chose a campground that <laughs> was pretty it. much a floodplain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and we... The only real available place that had some kind of like flat level to pitch was right after this very steep hill. So you can imagine rain and divots. We were we were pretty much floating all night in a river. Yeah. And so, you know, I remember when I first started backpacking, nobody really gave me this knowledge, which I, I hope to pass on to maybe a few of you. You go onto a campground, you see all these um, perfectly established tent sites, and you're like, oh, a tent there, that, that's where a tent should go, and this is where a tent should go. It's, you know, the earth has been kind of like shifted around, and there's like this perfect square rectangle section. It looks like someone swept the leaves away. And it looks like you are, you are to place your tent here, here, and here. Well... So what do you do? (laughs) What do you do? You place your tent there because it's the most logical explanation. Um, If you take a step back and look at it in a different way and you say, well, why is the earth cleared in this area? It's because the water is pooling in a divot and it's creating its own little circle um, to, you know, entice you to put your tent there. And I had to learn a very hard way on multiple accounts, you know, that may not be the most optimal space, especially if you have rain in the forecast. No, and you know, <laughs> I'm and telling you from experience, well, even if think there's about no it rain from in a different the forecast perspective, too, when you're in the mountains, true. you know, it rains all the time. I mean, out here in the Southeast, <laughs> it rains every day and it rains every day in the mountains because it's so humid. So um, it, it, it's, um, 
you know, the Smoky Mountains it, it is a rainforest. <laughs> so it's going to rain almost every day. Yeah. So, when you know, you say, have to look at your surroundings before you actually... Look at the more global picture of what you're doing. You know, when they say something's too good to be true, it quite frankly might is. be too good yeah. to be true. Yeah. There's a reason why there's this, like a little circle of, of debris and the debris is about one inch high <laughs> at, in a you're circle. Like, oh, this is intended well, that's for weird. me. That's how that, they rate that perfectly like that for me. So anyway, a little word of advice to any of you that are, are just starting out um please please uh to heed my word because um it, it'll save you a little bit of uh, save a lot of yeah <laughs> a you lot of moisture stuff the next day but you want to pitch a tent you want to get all your stuff inside your tent set up that's the very first thing uh make sure you have a ground cloth also that's important um and so you've set that up the next thing after you got everything inside your tent you're ready to go is now you want to hang your food bag and the reason why we say that second or like i guess 2.5 third, third <laughs> is that um it it's going to take you a while to hang your food bag i i hope everybody is hanging a food bag out there i really do um it it definitely um there's a lot of options out there a but lot of I options mean... out there and i know a lot of people sleep with their food that's just such a no-no but um hang your food bag it's not easy I've been doing it for a long time and it's still not easy for me um, and so it's that's if anything is gonna take you the longest to set up camp this is it's gonna try to throw a rock over a tree <laughs> limb that is you know nine feet away from the trunk and have it six feet or I'm sorry six <laughs> feet away from the trunk and nine, nine feet, feet high it's 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 very it's frustrating like, yeah. Yeah, um, I've and lost many, many rope in the tree. <laughs> I would say that you that's know, going to be the most time consuming. And and more often than not, I've spent a lot of time trying to find the right branch or, you know, the right limb. Oh, that's like 15 minutes right there. And then you end up never finding that perfect scenario and you have to go for plan B. And, you know, it's never ideal. It's never the easiest. You, you have trees, you know, trying to, you know, my biggest thing is you're trying to toss it and you get caught up in all the other trees behind you right. or, you know, to the side of you. And, and often it takes a little, it, it takes there, time. It takes time and, and practice does not make perfect in this scenario. And not, not counting it, the five or 10 minutes it takes to find the perfect rock to, to stick in <laughs> your sometimes that's a lot little easier ditty bag to throw over the tree. You know what I mean? So Don't place your gear in there, for the love no, of God. Right. Find a rock, don't right. do your gear, because we've lost gear doing... Right, but it but that's, that is the most time-consuming thing you'll do at camp, is looking for a, a good location away from your tent to hang your food bag. Um, now, the reason we say this third is because this whole concept is supposed to be done during when it's still light outside. It's going to be almost impossible to hang a food bag. Well, you're in hanging the dark. your food line. Let's you're let's hanging your food line to prepare down. for your food bag. Correct. But you want to do this in the light. So hopefully, you've brought reflective rope with you Tip. so you can kind of see where you hung your food bag um, or your food line. But that's you want to get that out of the way because it's going to take the longest amount. A time it, it'll probably be the most frustrating part of camping it's really not fun to do in the dark it's not fun to do it in the dark but you want to be able to prep everything is prep work in case like bad weather comes so everything you're doing is prep work and it's and it, it is it's prep work 
Yeah. It's work. Um, so by the, by the time you've hung nice your Nice emphasis food, on that word. By the time you've hung your, <laughs> your food line and you're, you're probably already going, oh, my God, this is a lot, this is a lot of work that we're camping. I, I can't even believe it. I've had so many people that I did not realize there was so much work involved in backpacking. Right. So after you do that, now you got to prep for water. You got to go get your water. You got to filter your water, yep. get your water for ready for cooking, get your ready, water ready for uh, possibly the next morning. Water prior to food. That's the way I That's do right. it. You got to filter your water because yeah. you probably drank in it. You probably drank most of it on the trail backpacking for that day. And I mean, you got to resupply. You're, if you're wise and you're not carting around too much water, you know, you are kind of, you know, ensuring that you're out of water when you get to camp. And you're at that water. Right. So you're not carrying this excess weight. And so in a lot of cases, you are out of that water. And that is imperative to do. You know, staying hydrated, you're probably going to use it for your food. So trying to do that and your food in the dark is never fun. So um, water is an important part of it. Uh, filtering that, sometimes it can take longer than others, depending on your setup. Now, this is all dependent if you're camping near creek. True. If you're not, and you got to go hike a mile to get water... You have to allow time, time for, for that, that too. That's so a good that point. could be yeah. another thirty to forty-five minutes and that's just multiple. to go get your water and bring it back to camp, which happens all, all the, time. the time. Yeah, absolutely. So. Okay, so number five. Now you've you've you put your tent up, you've hung your food line, you've done your work, you've done your work. Now you're ready to enjoy your night, but you're not quite. Someone done. <laughs> someone says that has gone with you. That's not doing any work. That's watching you do the work. Says, man, I'd love a campfire tonight. You're like, really? <laughs> well, this is your chance to get them part of the team. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the boot camp class that we teach. Is all hands on deck. All hands on deck. <laughs> you spread them out and say go collect firewood now the trick is again you kind of want to do this when the, the, there's light out there because this is where you're going to have a close encounter with um what i like to call the the creeps and crawlers of the forest and <laughs> most people mice, don't so much have this encounter mice, you seem to snakes <laughs> everything else is when you're lifting stuff to get firewood yeah <laughs> so um you know i mean and you can always tell the people that are a little weird of that because they they try to go for the low-lying fruit and break the trees off the branch which i usually don't allow them to do unless it's a dead tree but um, we usually scatter around and get firewood, but that's that's a lot of work. So depending on how long you want the fire, that's how much wood, wood you're going to have to collect, collect because fires burn fast. Yeah, they do. Especially in the summer when it's dry outside. But as you're collecting the fires, you're collecting all your firewood, you want to start prepping you know, your fire. You know, you want to get your kindling out. You want to get your fire started out, whatever you're going to use. You know, you get all your branches lined up, all your trees, and you really kind of want it systematic because the thing is, like, in the summertime, man, it doesn't get dark until, like, 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock, depending on where you're at. And so you may want, you may not want to light a fire until it's later in the evening. In the wintertime, of course, it gets dark early. But you may not want to get, you may not want to start lighting a fire at 6 o'clock at night. You know, maybe you want to wait until 8. Sometimes it's a little nice to elongate those long, it is. you know, uh, those really uh, long winter nights. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, You've heard Hikers Midnight. Hikers Midnight's at 8 o'clock. It's, it's really rough in the winter. It so is. You're in your tent for a long <laughs> getting time. Getting some extra wood. So I usually don't like that. I usually, like, if I can make it to 10 o'clock in the winter <laughs> it, with You're a fire, good. which means i got to get a lot of firewood, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I get a lot, a lot of firewood. So, you you know, that's something you have to account for um, and allocate it, your time wisely because that is going to make or break 
well, I won't say I won't say make or break, but that's going to be the difference between an enjoyable night, um, especially in the backcountry when you're deep in the wilderness. Is do the hard work first. Try yeah. to get there before the sun goes down. But so do the hard work first, the and then relaxation. it's all about. The, and then you can, because you know, all the sounds of nature comes, come, you know, they come out at night anyway. Yeah. And so and you I mean, really want that peace and quiet moment. You don't want to be hustling around in your campsite at ten o'clock at night. And all, I mean, that's all dependent on if you want a fire or if the weather allows for a fire. Um, there, you know, I would say maybe maybe 30 percent of the time we have fires out there. Oh yeah. If if that, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but. Definitely when you're with groups, it becomes a little bit more enjoyable in the winter time when you're trying to stay warm or elongate those winter nights. Um, you know, there is a, a large amount of work that goes into it, and it is very time-consuming, um, but the rewards are are pretty impactful. It's like it's just like you, you would hear your boss say at work, you know, you know, you're going to get the same results for the amount of work you put into it. Yeah, oh or yeah, something absolutely. along those lines. It's, it's no different than backpacking. But it's also the thing is, is that I found is that if you prep, re- if you have prepped everything really well, now, now he, I, I need to kind of put a disclaimer on this, is that these are, we're giving you these tips in normal conditions. But if they're not normal conditions, if you have fallen in water and you need to get a fire going to warm up, well, obviously the fire is the first priority. Um, you know, if it's cold outside, maybe a fire is a little bit quicker. But, but still, um, you know, it's it's really putting the hard work into it. So you're giving yourself better than average chances in case weather comes in, a storm comes in, and I can't even tell you how many times we've seen the sun out one minute and it's been torrential thunderstorm the next minute. I mean, they move in quick, and so you want to give yourself a chance to say, well, guess we're not having a fire tonight, and get in your tent but your food is secure on the line you know your tent secure your camping stuff is secure your cookware everything else it's all secure it's all it's all okay you know yeah yeah, and which is another thing because after you get your after you get all your wood going then you want to bring out your cookware you want to set up your little kitchen area where am I going to cook how am I going to cook and you know you want to look at logistically where you're going to cook in adjacent to your tent and where the wind is blowing that could make or break whether you have a close <laughs> encounter with a bear or wildlife. So that's always super, super important to establish where your cooking area is going to be. If you're with a group of people, you do not, you want to try not to cook around the tent, um, which is sometimes a little weird because a lot of the cooking area is around the campfire. Yeah. And a lot of people like setting their tents close around by the campfire so you just you want to try to move your tents as far away from the campfire as you can um sitting around the campfire is really just to kind of keep warm very social um out in the back country but you, you definitely want to watch where that wind is blowing you want to be blowing your food smell into your into the nylon fabric of the tent <laughs> yeah just get it on in there yeah invite the bears yeah. set that doormat right out your tent yeah and we you know we've had some really really super good times you know we with the amount of people i think about you know some of the um you know some of the group outings we had especially with uh, big south fork oh yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah. um when we had probably like eight people there mm-hmm. and we all went and collect firewood we had i bet you we had a fire going for about five hours <laughs> you know yeah but we also had a pretty big group <laughs> yeah but everyone but established their cooking area everyone went everyone was you know they all the tents were way back away and and it was just a really good setup we hung 
you know, I bet you we probably it t- probably took us about typically it probably take you a, a a good hour to set up camp. You know, like yeah. from start to I mean, finish. I, I think once you're depending com- on how good you are hanging with, the bear bag, comfortable with the notions of doing it exactly. I mean, at this point, outside of packing it all up the next morning and, and you know getting along um, the route, whether you're going back home, whether you're going forward, whether you're just continuing on. You know, this is this is your chance to now kick back, relax, enjoy nature, to just be immersed in the entire reason why you're out there. And, you know, a lot of this may sound mundane and kind of, you know, um, methodical and it's like, oh, well, I don't think of backpacking as work. Well, I don't I don't either. I don't I don't look at backpacking at work. And I definitely don't feel as though it's work. Except for when you're out on those long distance trails and you really do kind of face the fact that it gets repetitive. It gets it gets tiring sometimes. And while you enjoy every moment of what you're doing, there's this aspect that is really educational to kind of bleed out there. It's like there there is some aspect of work involved. And it's and it's fun work. Yeah, it is. I, and I think the funny part of it is that, and I know you'll agree with me when you when I say this, is that, you know, when you hike a long distance trail and you're out there for a while, you become less and less interested in the whole fire concept. Oh, fire's out the door. It's out the door. So um, I know um, there were many times when, you know, I'd get to like a shelter and it was on the weekend. And so you had a lot of, you know, the weekend backpackers come up and of course they wanted a fire and so they would say hey man uh you know uh, should we get a fire going and i'd say up to you <laughs> so <laughs> i'm it not took involved me, it took me out of that whole it took me out of the whole thing up to you dude if you want to get a fire going yeah i think i'm gonna get a fire going okay you know <laughs> did i enjoy the fire oh my god absolutely i did fires but, i think the longer you backpack the less interested you uh, become yeah right fires. right and i love to cook over the fire yeah you do you know so um <laughs> but it's so funny because it you you really do it's you know on a long distance trip it you really do start it, you become much less um it, the fire the campfire and some of the other things become much much less important to you well than because you know at that point you you're into such a routine you know as far look at, as look it boils down to this it's like it, it's all about mental preparedness out on the trail whether it's for a day uh, a night whether it's for long term you mentally prep yourself for being out there you accept what you accept and the more you can prepare your mind for these things this is what this entire podcast episode is involved in is mentally preparing you for the unexpected like you don't expect this idea of this trail that you're about to embark on this journey this overnight this weekend you don't expect for it to feel like work but in some cases it does and when you're mentally prepared to accept that it doesn't it doesn't matter because you really are focused then on the whole reason you're out there and that's kind of where we're going with this yeah, yeah, absolutely. So wanted to remind you guys, um, if you're just catching this podcast for the first time, um, or you didn't catch last week's episode, um, we have been nominated for the 13th Annual People's Choice Podcast Award, which is very really cool. cool. <laughs> um, we're very excited to go that, um, to be nominated. You can go to 
uh, podcastawards.com and there's a link that says nominations are open and you click that link you have to register you get a verification code so they so you're not a, like a, a, a bot or a spammer once you verify you can go and vote for the trust the trail podcast and we're under two categories we're under the adam curry special mention category and we're under sports and recreation so we're competing with like espn and all the sports podcasts but that's okay um <laughs> that's, fine. that's fine it's right. all good we're competing with the green we bay packers <laughs> podcast sports fan forum so but that's I, okay look, it would be really cool if you guys could uh, just cast your vote for us on it it's it just, would be very very cool it's just kind of surprising we're and exciting very to be excited involved. about that so and, we'll see how we fall and by the way if you ever want to get into <laughs> podcasting or if you ever th thought about it yourself um, please let us know. We can help you. We host our podcast on Blueberry.com. We get a special coupon offer for you guys. If you want to start a podcast, you get one free month of hosting for you. So your first month of hosting, you get that free. All you have to do is click on uh, the Trusted Trail uh, podcast page. That's on the backpacker.tv. There's a banner that says Blueberry.com hosting. Click on that or just type in Trust the Trail in the promo code. And you get one free month. So, uh, yeah. So I think that's very cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we have some shout outs. We do. We have a lot of shout outs to go through. <laughs> um, so um, our shout out this week comes from iTunes. And let, let me find it here. Oh, it's from. So this shout out was from Northern Jeep. And he wrote this on our iTunes uh, love the show. I wish there was something like this in the mid nineties. When I got out of the Marine Corps, I would have done a lot of hiking before quote unquote, settling, settling down. Thank you so much, uh, guys. Well, sir, thank you. Seriously. First oh of all, gosh, yeah. for your service and, uh, get out there. You're never too old to get out there and do That's some hiking. So true. You know, I mean, absolutely. We've seen it time and time again, people, just switch their mindset in their life and go for it. And so, you know, d definitely don't let that dream die. Yeah, get out there. You know, it's, the outdoors is always available. So it's, you know, it's never, you know, the trail's always out there. It's not going anywhere. So, so um, we have a lot of shout outs from our Trust the Trail uh, podcast community on uh, our Facebook group. And so we, these are all the new people we wanted to give a shout out to for that signed up this week. Um, thank you guys. Thank you so much. We have Jill, Casey, who's taken, who we've taken backpacking. Yeah. Uh, and she was, uh, she was she on was our podcast. featured in an early podcast. episode. Uh, Joe, Ashton, Jack Masters, who took our Appalachian Trail prep class. And in Mountain Crossing, actually hiking the Appalachian Trail hiking right now. Hiking the Appalachian Trail as we speak. So that's very cool. Ryan, Steve, Russell, Rolf. Diana Flake, uh, and then we've got Hills. I know, I know. I am so it's, sorry. It's Dutch, and I. It's we love the photo Hills that you friend. posted. Yeah, he put a picture of his family <laughs> listening to our podcast. So I'm so sorry for butchering that name. Um, we've got Joanna, Kim, Shirley, Karen, Dickie Lyons. We've got Juan Castro, who's a friend of ours who lives in Costa Rica, who listens. Ed, Eric Carpenter, Tiffany. Uh, Sisson Thompson, we've got Pell, Pelly, Pella, Pell, Pelly Richardson, um, Jen Keefe, Jefferson, Kennedy, Josh, Kristen, Rachel, 
Mark and Joe Lounge. Thank you so much it's for, so cool for posting this week. And uh, I mean, you guys are our community. So we think that's very, 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 very cool. Yeah, I would um, uh, keep the interaction coming. We would love to see photographs of you and your adventures, um, you know, connect to each other in a whole different realm um, of us just recording podcasts for and, you on and a give weekly us, basis. And give us any topics, ideas that you want to... Shoot us some suggestions. And yeah, we'll take a look at it and see if we can't put it out there. Um, our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and we are on Google Play now. That is crazy cool. Um, so I think we're under the music. If you go to Google Play for Android users, um, Trust Trail Podcast is on Google Play now. Um, and of course, we're on Spotify. Uh, you can also support Trust the Trail on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash trust the trail. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We really super appreciate you guys. Love you guys. And we will see you next week. And remember, trust, trust the, the trail. trail. Bye, Bye you guys. guys.